Welcome to the Tape Ministry of the Embassy of the Word of God, where God is releasing men and women into exploits through the preaching of the Word of Faith. Be transformed and impacted as you listen to God's Word. Father, we thank you, blessed Spirit of God. Recording in progress. We ask you, Spirit of God, that you minister to us. Let somebody be blessed, impacted by your word. In the name of Jesus, we pray, Lord, Spirit of God, Holy Ghost, breathe upon us. Breathe upon us. Breathe upon us. Breathe upon us. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew chapter 28. And tonight I'm teaching on walking in the natural and the supernatural. Walking in the natural and the supernatural. Matthew 28 from the verse number 18. And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations. Go ye therefore and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Then it puts the column, okay, teaching them, all that means teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And he says, Lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. Hallelujah. He says, go ye therefore. Verse 19 says, go ye therefore and teach. The word teach there is the word from the Greek matetheo, which is M-A-T-H-E M-A-T-H-E-T E-U Oh, hallelujah, Matthew, which simply means to make one a people or to disciple um, somebody, to enroll somebody to become a scholar, to become a scholar, to instruct and to teach. So he says, go ye therefore and teach all nations, all ethnos, baptizing them. And the word baptizing there is the word baptizo, which means the Greek word, which means to immense. Now, remember, when we use Greek words to explain the scriptures, it is no means to bamboozle you, no, or to make you to fantasize, no. It is to help us to, you see, when you don't have an understanding of the original writings, you would most certainly misinterpret scriptures. 
and bring the wrong interpretation to scriptures. Because what you see there as English language may not be what it means, means in the original. And for the inability of the English language to adequately explain these original writings, they are just put in ways that you could understand simply. But a good student of the Bible would also want to find out what the original is. And the original means to baptize them. It says anyone that believes the gospel must be baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Uh, it's not meaning that you baptize them in three different personalities. Now, the Bible tells us as well that when Jesus died and rose, he was given a name that is above every other name. That at the mention or at the name of Jesus, every knee bows, every tongue confesses, both of names in heaven and on earth. He was given a name above every name, which means he was given a name above even the name God. Amen. That means that it is very okay for God to dwell in him. That's why the scripture tells us that in him dwelleth the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It pleased God to dwell in Christ. So when we see baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, what it simply means is to baptize them in the name of Christ or in the name of Jesus. And to baptize one in the name of Christ is to bring them into that baptism of the Spirit. Amen. Baptism of the Spirit. Why? Acts chapter 1 verse 5 tells us what to be baptized in the name of Christ means. Or what to be baptized in Christ means. It says, for John truly baptized with water. And the book of John tells us why John baptized with water too. To, to, to show Jesus or to, to, to manifest Jesus so that Jesus can be identified. Okay. But not just that. Or the scripture also tells us that the baptism of John was for repentance. But ye shall be baptized. So he's saying that instead of John's baptism, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit, not many days hence. So to be baptized in the name of Jesus is to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Praise God. And that is actually new birth. Amen. Because Mark 16 tells us this. Listen to this. Mark 16 from verse number 16. The scripture tells us that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Baptized into what? Into Christ. So to be baptized into Christ is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. John 7, 37 also gives us that understanding where he says that in that last day, that great day of the feast, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man test, let him come unto me and drink. Test here is talking about the man that needs salvation. 38. He that believeth. So the believing one is a testy one. As the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow 
rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Then in bracket, it now explains, but they speak he of the spirit which they that believe on him should receive. For the Holy Ghost was not yet what? Given. Because that Jesus was not yet what? Glorified. So when he says in Acts 1, 5, that you shall receive the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. He says, for John truly baptized water, but ye shall receive the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. He's talking about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which they will receive. And in Acts 1, 8, he says, and ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost is come upon you, and ye shall be what? Witnesses unto me in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. But this was in fulfillment of Joel's prophecy in the Old Testament, in Joel chapter 2, 28, where the scripture tells us that it talks about in that last day, okay, it shall come to pass afterward, that means in the last days, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters. Peter explains this to us in Acts to tell us that this is the fulfillment of Joel's what? Prophecy. And I'll come to that in a moment. And Joel's prophecy and your sons and your daughters shall what? Prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. Now, this is a breaking into the supernatural. He says that the new birth is to usher one into the supernatural. So that's why the beginning of this series, we talked about the supernatural is your natural what? Habitat. The supernatural is your natural terrain. The supernatural is not for the demonic. It's not for witches and wizards. It's for the supernatural man. It's for the man that is born again. We naturally walk in the supernatural. Hallelujah. So Jesus said in John 3, 3, Okay, in John 3, 3, Jesus tells us here, except a man be born again, he cannot what see the kingdom of God or experience the kingdom of God or the supernatural. Okay, then verse number five, he tells us again, in that verse number five, Jesus answered, verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of what? Water. And of the spirit. And we know that water there, we've already looked at that in John 7. It means what? The spirit. So water, which is what? The spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. So to be baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit is to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. In other words, for you to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, it gives you an opportunity to have an experience with the Godhead, an experience with the Father, an experience with Christ, and an experience with what? The Holy Spirit. John puts it this way in 1 John chapter 1. John tells us in 1 John chapter 1 that that which we have seen, this is that which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled of the word of life. And when the scripture talks about beginning, it's actually referring to Genesis. And we'll go that in a moment. We'll go there in a moment. For the life was manifested and we have seen it and bear witness and show unto you that eternal life. That eternal life, eternal life talks about the life of God, the very life of God that gives man an advantage in the natural. 
which was with the father remember and was manifested unto us so in heaven jesus was not called jesus in heaven he was always eternal life he was the life of god in the father he was what the word of god in the father the word and the father one and was manifested to us verse 3 then it tells us in verse 3 that which we have seen had declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us and truly our fellowship is number one with who the father and with jesus the christ so to be baptized into the father the son and the holy spirit can only be possible through the ministry of the holy spirit so the holy spirit gives us the ability to fellowship with the father and with the son so to be baptized in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit means that you receive an endorsement and the name the word name there is a greek word onoma which means authority so you now walk in the authority of the father the son and the holy spirit praise god and this is possible through the holy ghost hallelujah now so now i said all this to say this that the church of god Okay, when we come to church, what we come to do is to receive a scholarship training. We come to be trained in the word fundamentally. That's very important. It's not all the other things we do. The announcements, the praise and worship and all that, they are very important, but they are not as important as the word. Amen. Acts 2.42, the scripture tells us um, this, and that is very, very instructive. Let's look at that. Acts chapter 2, verse 42. And they continued. When people are born again, they continue steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. The word doctrine, that means teachings and fellowship. So the teachings are on top. Before any other thing. So when you come to church, you come to church so that you can receive training in the teaching of the word. Now, this is what will inform your convictions. This is what will inform what you believe. This is what will inform your ability to experience the supernatural. Praise the Lord. Your ability to experience the, the supernatural. Now, when we talk about walking in the natural and the supernatural tonight, we are not talking about two opposite sides. God created the natural and the supernatural. And I told you the other day that the natural mirrors the supernatural. So God created us to be in these two spheres, these two realms, and to walk in these two realms. And be effective in these two realms. To walk naturally, supernaturally. Hallelujah. To walk what? Naturally, supernaturally. So the natural sphere of the born again man, the new creation man, is actually the supernatural. Praise God. But he created us to walk naturally in the supernatural. But you can't know this unless you are taught. And we are taught this in the word of God, in the church of God. Um, 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 Paul calls this in, in the book of first, I think first Timothy 3.15, where he talks about the church being the pillar and the ground of truth. Praise God. 
the pillar and the ground of truth. Hallelujah. But if I tarry long, that thou mayest know how thou oughtest to behave thyself in the house of God. So there is a way we conduct ourselves in the house of God. How do we conduct ourselves? In the word, which is the church of the living God. Okay. And he calls the church of the living God, the pillar and the ground of the truth. So the church is the place where we are trained in the truth, the truth of the word of God. And by being trained, we are taught what to do. And by practice, the same example Jesus exhibited. In Matthew 7, verse 28 to 29, we see Jesus do the same thing. Okay, And it came to pass, when Jesus had ended these sayings, the people were astonished at his doctrine, at his what? Teaching. For he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. So Jesus placed emphasis on teaching. The only thing is that Jesus taught from the Tanakh. I remember I've taught you about the Tanakh before. The Tanakh made up of the Torah. Okay. And then also made up of what? The Nevim. And then also what? The, which other one? The Ketuvim. Praise God. And I will explain that um, maybe another day or go and get the tip. <laughs> it's made up of what? The Torah. And the Torah is made up of, because before Jesus was, when he was there, there was nothing like Matthew, Mark, uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So he had to teach from the Torah which is made up of the five, five books of Moses from Genesis all the way up, okay? And then he also taught on the Nevim, which is the, the, the prophets in the Old Testament are called Nabia. So the Nevim, the teaching of the prophets, normally starting from Joshua all the way up. And then the Ketuvim, talking about the writings, the Psalms, the, 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 the Proverbs, Ecclesiastes and all the other ones, those are the writings. So fundamentally, Jesus taught from the scriptures. But when they heard the teaching of Jesus, they said, wow, this man taught as man with authority. But he never only taught. When he taught them, he will now, the Bible says he, they, he brought them to himself that he may teach them. Matthew 10, we see that he now sends them forth to also go and teach what others. Now, the reason is this, Jesus taught by precept and practice. So by practice, they also go and practice to teach. It is how the supernatural operates. We learn in the church to practice. And in our practice, we also become what? Able to impart. So you are hearing both. Anytime you hear the word of God, you are hearing both to learn, okay, teach and practice. Yeah, verse 7. As he go, preach saying. So he tells them what to say. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. So in your hearing, you hear both to learn, teach, practice, and also to minister the word. So that's why the church is called the ground and the pillar of truth. It's a place of heaven's school. It is called the church is not for you to come and meet friends alone. It's not for you to come and clap. It's not for you to come and jump. It's not for you to come and just do all the things we do. The church is actually a place for learning. And the reason for the learning is to know. Hallelujah. It's called the pillar and the ground of truth. So a church service or a church meeting is first and foremost 
a Bible studies. Amen. It's first and foremost what a Bible studies. And when we study, we study to know and also to be able to ask the right questions. The Bible said when Jesus was young, he went to the synagogue to learn from the scribes. And when he learned, he asked questions. The asking of the questions is not to tempt them, but to know, to know. Remember, he was a man, fully a man and a young boy at that. And so through all these teachings, now he is now able to teach. Praise the Lord. So that's very important. So the moment a man is born again, something happens to him. His purpose in life changes. His purpose in life, what? Changes. His life now takes on God's mandate. And what is God's mandate? God's mandate is to teach or to preach the gospel. Go ye into the world. So when a man is born again, act in Matthew 28, that we're reading, he says what? They should go and teach all nations. The moment you become born again, what has happened is that you have been initiated into the God class. And because you have been initiated into the God class, you are also supposed to go out there and minister same. And so your mandate in life changes. Praise God. It changes to become God's mandate. The moment a man is born again, let me say this again, very important. His purpose in life changes. Your purpose in life changes. His life now takes on God's mandate. And God's mandate is to preach the word. He says, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel from the Hebrew is basar. Okay. Now, I've taught the gospel as the resurrection of Christ. But another way as well to look at the gospel is the announcement of the God as the king. God as the king. What he has done. What he is doing and what he will do. Hallelujah. To announce God as king, what he has done, what he is doing, and what he plans to do in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Very, very important. So it involves you walking in it, explaining it, and practicing it. This is why there is a need for what is called exegesis. Exegesis, okay? Or how to exegete the word of God. Now, exegesis or exegeting the word of God is simply explaining. So, it's not enough just to quote scriptures. Quoting scriptures is a sign that you have either not been taught well, or you are a bad student of a good teacher. There are two scenarios there. You have either been taught well, but you are a bad student of a good teacher, or you have a bad teacher who does not know how to teach well. So there is a need for you to have an understanding of what you are hearing before you can be able to impact it. And tonight, 
I will bust a few of your bubbles again. And then after that, I'll take questions. Is that okay? <laughs> so in John 20, 21, the scripture tells us, Jesus was telling them something very instructive. Listen to this. <laughs> so when you're born again, your purpose changes. Your purpose is no more to how to find a husband, how to find a wife. No, 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 no. That is not a purpose. Your first and fundamental purpose is to go and preach. Preach it. Preach Jesus. Preach God, the King. Then said Jesus to them again, Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, even so send I you. The Father sent Jesus, and he is sending you. We are on assignment here. Praise God. Now, let, let, let's go to the next verse. Then he tells them, and when he has said this, he breathed on them. Take note of the word, the word in italics, them, them there, which means it was not original, originally there. Breathe on and say it unto them. Receive ye the Holy Ghost. 20, 23. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. Can a man forgive sins? Yet Jesus is telling them, whosoever sins you forgive, they are forgiven. Yet they themselves are sinners. I beg your pardon to put it that way. In other words, um, what I'm, no, not sinners. Let me put it, they will sin or they sin. So then he asks them that whosoever sins you forgive are forgiven. Why? The reason is this. The moment you become born again, you have come into the God class so you can speak for God. You can act as his representative. So this, that is a sense in which he's talking about to whose sins ye remit. In other words, what God has said concerning them, you reiterate it. So we go out there and we tell people, God says your sins are forgiven. And we speak on behalf of God. Why? Because sin is not against man. Sin is against who? God. David said in, um, in, in Psalm 51, he says, against you and you alone have I sinned. So sin is not against man. Sin is against who? God. And so God is the one that can forgive sins. And so when we say to whomsoever sins we are forgiven, what we are saying is that we are speaking and reiterating what God has said concerning all humanity. Hallelujah. And what, what, what is God's, God, what is God saying? Psalm 103 tells us that. Okay. Now, Psalm 103 tells us that He forgives. He says, bless the 103 verse 3, please. Verse 3. He says, who forgiveth all thy iniquities? Who healeth all thy diseases? So we tell people, your sins have been Forgiven. We are reiterating what God has said concerning them. Praise the Lord. With that said, I said that Jesus, most of his teaching, he taught from what? The Tanakh. That is the Torah. Okay. The Nevim. Anytime the Nevim and the what? The Ketuvim. Now, that those three books from the Tanakh, T A N A K H, okay, the Tanakh. Now, 
What did Jesus teach? He taught from the prophets, the Psalms. And then, I mean, Luke 4, Luke 24 tells us that he spoke concerning what himself from what? From the prophet Luke 24, um, maybe 45, 44, 45, there about that, 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 that will suffice. Who for, um, he says what? Then he said unto them, Oh fools and slow, no, 45, please. I don't want to read that 25. 25 will just delay me because I have so much to unpack before I get to questions. Then open he the understanding that they might understand their scriptures. And he said unto them, Thus it is written, Thus it behoved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. And he said unto them, These are the words which I speak unto you while I was here. I said 44. While I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of what? Moses, in the prophets, and in the Psalms concerning me. So Jesus' teachings were from the Old Testament. Now, what were the things he taught? How did he teach them? And how are we supposed to teach them and understand them? Now, I told you, the moment you become born again, your purposes becomes Christ's purpose. Your purposes becomes the purpose of God. God's mandate becomes your mandate. It means that what matters to you now must be what matters to heaven. Praise the Lord. Now, if that is the case, what was God's plan and purpose concerning man? Genesis. Let's go to the book of Genesis. Um, there's so much, but I don't think I can talk about every other thing. So let me start from Genesis. Genesis. Genesis gives us a picture of God's will and God's purpose or plan for man. And Genesis was written by Moses. Moses was not there when Genesis was happening. Moses received it in a vision. Okay? Now, but God's plan and purposes concerning man was also exposed in Genesis. So in Genesis chapter 2 and 3, we see Adam. Okay, Adam, a picture of God's will and of God's purpose and plan for man. And when we talk about Adam, we are talking about mankind. So Adam is made up of Adam and Eve, the two. Okay, and the garden, God made a garden and put them in a garden. Now that garden was actually supposed to be God's dwelling place. Even though it was in the natural, it was supposed to be what? God's dwelling place. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to what? To keep it. So the, the fundamental responsibility of Adam was to what? Dress the garden and to keep it. Eden represented the presence of God. It's a place where God comes to walk in the cool of the day. And when the scripture talks about God walking in the cool of the day, it is not the same as how the scripture said that, um, that this man that walked with God and was not, what was the name again? Um, Enoch, that walked with God and was not. No, that's not the same thing. Now, when the scripture talks about God coming to walk here, we are talking about God's presence, God's dwelling place. So Adam 
found his purpose only in the garden. In the garden representing the presence of God. Every man finds his purpose in the garden. Outside the garden, outside the presence of God, you will never find purpose. That's why the day the man becomes born again, what you receive is God's mandate, God's purpose for your life. Amen? Very important. Adam found his purpose in God's dwelling place or God's temple called Eden. Okay? So man starts living only if he starts to function in God's presence. You only start living when you start functioning in God's presence. That's what Jesus told Nicodemus. Except a man be born again. Then he told him that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. The flesh profiteth nothing. John 6, 63 tells us that the, 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 the tells us how the flesh killeth, but the spirit quickeneth and giveth what? Life. Praise God. It is, it is the spirit that what quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you. They are what? They are spirit. They are life. So a man finds fulfillment and purpose in the presence of God. Though natural, but has become a supernatural being. Hallelujah. So man starts to live only if he starts to function. In God's dwelling place. That was the picture of God's plan for man. And I'll tell you that when, when Genesis was being written, it was not written to show, to just show the creation of man per se, but it is to show God's mind of God's concept of salvation concerning humanity. Praise God. Hallelujah. Now, so God now puts man in Eden to dress and keep it. The, Greek, the Hebrew word is the word abad, dress it, to dress it and to keep it. So man's purpose in Eden is to be what? Something like a gatekeeper. To be a gatekeeper in God's presence. In other words, man was supposed to function as a minister of God in God's dwelling place. Adam was a priest. And every man that is born again becomes what? A priest unto God. So mankind, meaning Adam and Eve. Anytime I mention Adam, please don't take it as only man, one male. No, I'm talking about mankind. Okay. It's made to be priests and a priest that ministers or officiates with and in God's presence. He ministers and officiates in and with God's presence. That was the purpose of Eden. Praise God. Genesis 2 verse 18 to 19. Then another word that I will use tonight, which is very important. I know we talk about it from a different light. After that, I will take questions. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help meet for him. The word help meet is not wife. I'm going to say it again. Maybe you didn't hear me. The word help meet for him 
is not wife. The word help meet, go and check the meaning. It means a rescuer. And it is only used for God. All throughout the scriptures. It is not a wifely role. Okay? It also again refers to the dwelling place of God. Or the dwelling place for of God. So, let us make that dwelling place for mankind, okay, where there is rescue. That's what that scripture means. The Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be what? Alone. That means without our presence. So let us put him in our presence so that there will be what? Rescue for him. The verse number 19 and 20. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name thereof. Verse 20. And Adam gave names to all cattle and to all and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam there was not found and help meet for him. And help meet for him. Now we be by this we just assume he was looking for a wife. But that was not necessarily what it was. It was the presence, the place of rescue for Adam. Guess what? Next verse. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. The word deep sleep here is not anesthesia. It's the same word that was used for Adam. I'm sorry, Abraham. Remember Abraham. The Bible says Abraham fell into a deep sleep. And then God opened his eyes and he began to see into the future and began to see what will happen for, um, what do you call it, concerning um, Israel and his descendants to come to pass. In, 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 in Genesis 15 from the verse number 12. Deep sleep here is not anesthesia. Deep sleep has to do with vision. Has to do with what? Vision. So when the scripture says in Genesis 2, that verse number, what verse 20, 21, that a deep sleep came upon Adam, it was for Adam to have visions. In other words, the ability to hear God as God's prophet and interpret the voice of God. So Adam in the garden was number one, a gatekeeper. Number two, Adam was supposed to be a prophet. The deep sleep that fell upon Adam was to make him a prophet. Remember when we talk about Adam, we are talking about the two, not, not not mankind. Praise God. He was called a prophet, one that will hear from God. Job 15 verse 7 to 8, please. That means ability to hear God's voice and interpret it accurately. Job 15 verse 7 says, Art thou the first man that was born? Who was the first man that was born? Adam. Or was thou made before the hills? Eight. Has thou heard the secret of God? And dost thou restrain wisdom to thyself? Where do you hear the secret of God? In the realm of the spirit as a prophet. 
9. What knowest thou that we know not? What understandest thou which is not in us? So man's purpose in God's presence was to be a priest. Was to be what? A priest and then also a prophet. To be God's priest and God's prophet. Praise God. And that is very, very important. In, in, um, so a few scriptures, but I don't know if I want to get there. It would just, I want to finish now so I can open the line for questions. So God's purpose, let me, I think, let me just sum up now. So God's purpose for man is to be his temple. Okay. So God wanted man to become God's temple and also to live in God's temple. So this is what, um, let's go to 2 Corinthians 6, 16, please. He says, and what agreement has a temple of God with idols? For ye are, the Greek word is the naos, the temple of the living God. And as God has said, I will dwell in them, walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Now, Paul was actually quoting from the prophets, from Jeremiah, okay? That I will be their God. I will dwell in them. I will walk in them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. God's purpose for man is to be his temple. To dwell in his temple. Hallelujah. In God's temple, you are meant to be God's priest. And you are also meant to be God's what? Prophet. And also you are meant to be his servant king. That's for another day. Praise God. So God wanted to dwell in men. Walk in them. This was what Moses saw in the garden. What Moses saw in Genesis was God's plan, God's mandate, God's purpose. And God's purpose was for us to become his temple. But how could man become his temple? Without Jesus. That's why Jesus has to come. The Bible says when he came, the word became flesh and dwelt among men. So that men can now dwell in God and God in men. Hallelujah. Dwelt among men. We beheld his glory. The glory as of the only begotten of the father. Full of glory and full of what? Full of truth. Jesus became that man that breached the gap between man Fallen man that has abrogated God's purpose, God's plan in the garden. Therefore, driven from the garden. This is the reason why he was driven from the garden and another gatekeeper was put at the garden. The sword to prevent man from coming to the garden because God says something. Least they eat of this and live forever in this state. So God initiated the redemptive plan. The redemptive plan was for Christ, the last Adam, the representative of mankind to come. But what was his purpose for coming? His purpose for coming was to bring us the Holy Spirit. You couldn't have become the dwelling place of God without the Holy Spirit. This is what makes us to live naturally, supernaturally. The Holy Ghost. 
This is what he said in John 7, which we quoted earlier. That he said, they that should believe should receive. This is what he said was going to come to us. So let me end with this in, 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 uh, in, in Genesis 1 verse 2. And then if you have questions, please get your questions ready as we take the questions. Um, Genesis 1 verse 2. And the, uh, uh, let's take from verse 1, please. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Two. And the earth was without form and void. Tohu, bohu. The Hebrew is tohu, bohu. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. But guess what? And the spirit of God also moved upon the face of the waters. Darkness was upon the face of the deep. The spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Anytime the scriptures refer to waters in scriptures, most of the time it's actually referring to men. This is God using the principle of contrast. Darkness, light. So he's talking about two sets of people. I think I've told you this before. Darkness talking about a people that have come under confusion. I'll use this other last scripture from, remember they always start from the Old Testament. So let's see from the Old Testament to bring the truth of the gospel to bear. Jeremiah chapter 4 from verse 23. That's my last scripture for tonight. Um, I will, I will go a little bit deeper in this particular teaching another time. We'll have part two of contending with the supernatural, maybe somewhere around August there about. Um, and then we can delve a little bit more. It says, I beheld the earth and lo, it was without form and void, almost akin to what was written in Genesis one. And the heavens and they had no light, darkness. Read up, but go on, please. I beheld the mountains, and lo, they trembled, and all the hills moved lightly. I beheld, and lo, there was no man, and all the beds of the heavens were fled. I beheld, and lo, the fruitful place was a wilderness, and all the cities thereof were broken down at the presence of the Lord. And by his fierce anger, the anger towards sin. For thus has the Lord said, the whole land shall be desolate, yet will I not make a full end. In other words, my mercy will endure. For this shall the earth mourn, and the heavens above be black, because I have spoken it. I have purposed it, and will not repent. Neither will I turn back from it. In other words, judgment was setting on the earth. He says, the whole city shall flee for the noise of the horsemen and bowmen. They shall go into tickets and climb up upon the rocks. Every city shall be forsaken and not a man dwell therein. Now, so I told you when it's talking about waters there and the emptiness there, it's not, it's because the, the, it's talking about mankind that have gone into, into, into sin and judgment has been released against the earth and against sin. And so sin needed to be punished. He says, my word has gone forth and it will not return. And so sin had to be punished in Christ. And the moment sin was punished in Christ, Jesus resurrected. And when he resurrected, he says, he tattoo, you will see me. And he tattoo, you will not see me. 
because I will go to the Father. But it says what? When I go to the Father, I will send you the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. This is the man. The Comforter is the person that brings the presence of God to men. This is the same presence that was being talked about in Genesis 1. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of what? The deep. And then the Spirit of God moved upon the face of what? The waters. Darkness. The Holy Ghost came upon men. This is what he said about. Ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, then you become awakened to God. Then you become awakened to the supernatural nature of God. And it says that they shall receive what? Power. They shall be ushered into the supernatural. And from then, you become aware of the supernatural. And guess what? It says, this sign shall follow them. And they saw the signs visibly. The Bible says they were speaking in tongues and prophesying. We'll talk about that another day. So when the Holy Ghost came, he ushered them into prophecy, supernatural utterances. He ushered them into supernatural sight. He ushered them into supernatural knowings. I will end with that. He, When the Holy Ghost came, he brought us into awareness. Now we know things that we don't need to know physically. We hear things that we don't need to hear physically. Now we see things into the spirit that we don't need to see physically. We are no more seeing with these physical eyes because we have now become the dwelling place of God. We have become his prophets. We can see into the future. We have become his prophets. We can tell the mind of God. We have become his prophets so we can speak the mind of God. We have become his prophets so we can know the things that no man knoweth. The scripture says, eyes have not seen, ears have not heard, neither has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him but God has revealed them unto us by his spirit the spirit that came upon man made us to become awakened to the fatherhood of God now our eyes are open our ears are open our eyes can see our mouth can utter wisdom and it's not just the wisdom of men the Bible says when we speak in tongues we speak mysteries we speak the wisdom of God this is what the Holy Ghost brought the supernatural upon natural men that they are no more natural but they are supernatural in the natural world walking supernaturally in the natural world hallelujah this is what has happened to us and so now we have the tongue of the learned we have the tongue of the spirit we can speak as men born from above you can speak with the tongue of heaven we can declare things before they happen Hallelujah. When a man that is born of the spirit comes into confrontation with something diabolical, you are not at a disadvantage. God has given you what it takes to scale it. It's called anointing. It's called his presence. It's called his power. It's called the temple. You are in that temple. You rule in that temple. You live in that temple. Hallelujah. And in this temple, we speak like priests. We speak like prophets. We speak like God's mouthpiece. Lift up your voice this evening and begin to utter words tonight. If you can speak in the Holy Ghost, oh, now begin to make declarations as a prophet. Begin to speak now 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 as a prophet. The Bible says when we speak in tongues, we speak wisdom. We speak mysteries. 
with spirit wisdom. That's why the supernatural man, the man that is born again, is not like any unbeliever. No, the Bible says what that what union has darkness with light, the temple of God. Mado shala, come on, lift up your voice and begin to pray now. Mado dosha, azala, kalada, 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 rozala la lande klata, esuzo la ba la bandanda, elante lelelelea, zulo glataiga, azua laika la, elakunda laiga, eleko lola loga, epalata laiga lada, onglata tala laikula. In the name of Jesus, oh thank you, Heavenly Father. We give you praise, Lord. We bless you, Lord. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Hallelujah, Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If you're not sure that you are born again, but you want Jesus to be resident as the Holy Spirit, he says, Soon you will not see me. That's his death. But he says, Soon you will see me because I go to the Father. The only way we can see him is through the Holy Spirit. If for any reason you want to receive Jesus into your heart, I want to pray for you quickly now, wherever you are. Just pray this prayer with me, declare with me, Father, let the Spirit of God come into me let me not be the same i ask oh god that make me a new creation through the work of regeneration through the death the burial and the resurrection of jesus christ father i receive into my spirit a new spirit i am a new creation from today i refuse to be the son and the daughter of the devil I receive from today the spirit of sonship therefore I take dominion thank you for the gift of salvation thank you for the gift of salvation father I ask that the Holy Spirit will come into me strong in the name of Jesus. Now pray this prayer me, declare me in the name of Jesus. If you don't speak in tongues, declare me in the name of Jesus. By the evidence of speaking in tongues, I received the infilling of the Holy Ghost and with the outward manifestation to begin to speak in tongues. Now, in the name of Jesus. Holy Spirit, I receive the gift of speaking in the Holy Ghost. Now. Couldn't find one to compare To your grace, your love, your mercy